are glad that you joined us today. God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we want to hear about it. If you've been impacted by Fuel Church, share your story with us by emailing mystory at thefuelchurch.com. And to learn more about our worship experiences, visit our website at www.thefuelchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Today's message is simply this. It's for those who feel like giving up. Have you ever been there? Have you ever felt like throwing in the towel on your life, on your marriage, on your job, on your kids? Yeah. Have you ever felt like you were so discouraged and full of hopelessness that you were ready just to escape somehow, but you didn't know where you wanted to go, but you just wanted to go somewhere, anywhere but your house, anywhere but your job, anywhere but being around your family. You just wanted to give up. Anybody ever been there? You may be there right now. Maybe you've been going through a season where you feel like giving up. Maybe you just came out of a season that you felt like giving up. Maybe you're about to step into a season where you feel like giving up. When you really think about it, so often in life, the greatest blessings are on the other side of not giving up. Did you hear that? So often in life, when I rewind and I look back at the trial I was facing. I look at the moment where I felt like I was as low as I could go. So often when I rewind and look back, I see that the greatest blessings were on the other side. Someone say other side. Other side side of not giving up. How many would agree with me that your greatest blessings in your life were because you didn't give up? Come on. Your greatest blessings that you now possess, that you hold dear to your life, were because you didn't quit. You didn't give up on the marriage. You didn't give up on your finances. You didn't give up on that job. And now the blessing of God is overtaking you. There's a familiar story in the Bible. Most of us have heard it. If you were raised in church, you heard the song, The Walls of Jericho Come Tumbling Down. You remember? The walls of Jericho, Jericho. Where's my mic? Let me sing this real quick. Just kidding. And, and this story is so fitting for our time today because in this story, God told Joshua, the leader, that I want you to possess the land of Jericho. And here's what I want you to do. And he gave him very, very specific instructions. I want you to walk around the walls six times. How many times? Six is the number of man, but then on the seventh time, I want you to walk around the walls, but I want you to do something a little different than you did the previous six times, because he said, the sixth time, six times that you walk around that wall, you're going to be silent. You're not going to talk. Now, for some of us, that's very hard. Don't point to your wife. For some of us, that's very hard not to talk, but God gave them instructions. I don't want you to say anything. I just want you to march in unison around the walls. 
And then on the seventh time, the instructions were, bring the praise and worship team and put them out front and have them begin to praise the Lord. And everybody walk around that wall the seventh time, the number of God. And the Bible says that the walls fell down. Someone say they fell down. He had them circle the problem in order to enter into the promise. He had them circle the problem, circle the problem six times. You can do it on your own. Six times you're going to walk around there. But on the seventh time, God got involved. God got involved. God got involved. How many times are we tempted to quit on the sixth time? How many times are we tempted to throw in the towel? We've been going around this mountain way too long, God. Nothing's changing. How many times have we thought, this is it? This is my breaking moment. How many times have we quit on the sixth time? How many times have we quit on our human effort when the seventh time, the number of God, the number of perfection was right around the corner? The number of your promise was right around the corner. I'm not here to preach, I'm here to talk. You're getting me too excited already. What if God has you circling the problem as part of the process in order for you to enter into your promise? Are you laying down what I'm picking? Are you picking up what I'm laying down? You try to do this every week. What if God had you circling six times your problem? Because there's process. And you going around. There's process in you keeping your, you know, sometimes you just need to keep your mouth shut. Because this thing right here will get you in trouble. It got me in trouble this week. Just ask my wife. <laughs> yeah. This thing will get you in trouble. And that's why I think God told him. Because if you read previously, Joshua sent the spies out, right? And what did they come back with? Ah, we, we, we're like little grasshoppers in their sight. We can't take the land. Come on. They were down and out and depressed and defeated already. So God said, hey, when you go into Jericho, shut up. Don't talk. Don't talk. Six times you're going to go around. And on the seventh time, you're not even going to talk to your neighbor on the seventh time. You're going to talk to me and I'm going to give you the victory. There is a process that we go through. There's 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 problems and there's process and then there's promise. There's, there's, there's promise, there's process, and then there's the victory. Sometimes what we go through is what we grow through. And, 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 what the enemy wants you to do is give. Imagine if you were the devil. Real quick. How many want to be the devil? Real quick. I know you think your mother-in-law is the devil. She's not. But imagine if you were the devil. Imagine if you were the devil. And, and, and it, imagine, imagine you've seen all the potential. All the potential and all the giftings and all that God wanted to do through your life. Imagine if you were the devil and, 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 and you've seen all these great things that if people would just grab a hold of what God has already done, everything has been done. The cross settled it all. Everything we ever need was finished over 2,000 years ago. And imagine if you're the devil and if God was going to do something great through you, um, if you were the devil, would you allow it? Would you allow it to happen? 
in the lives of other people if you were the devil. If God was going to use someone in a mighty way at their job, if God was going to use somebody in the house of God, if God was going to use somebody to serve their city, to serve students, would you allow them to effortlessly go through the process and be used by God if you were the devil? No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. You, you wouldn't. And so many times we let the devil talk us out of what God has called us to do and who God has called us to be. Understand this, church. There is a spiritual battle going on for your life. There's a spiritual battle every day. If you don't feel it, then you're just, you don't have a pulse right now. You wake up every morning, what's the first thing the devil tell you? You're not good enough. Your Monday's gonna be horrible, right? You're hurting again. You must have this wrong with you. Huh? You, you, you can't make it through another week. You're going to go to work and so-and-so's going to mouth off again and cause you to flesh out and curse. Come on, somebody. I know you got that person at your job that you want to choke and tell God the light fixture fell on them. <laughs> and the devil comes knocking. You're no good. What you did this weekend, you're no good. You're not valuable. You're a loser. You'll never be anything. You'll never get out of debt. You'll never get out of this house. You'll live here for the rest of your life. You'll always be this, right? And he tries to rob us of our God-given potential. Some will say, well, well, the devil's in hell. No, the devil ain't in hell. The devil's roaming the earth, the Bible says. Actually, Revelation says hell is reserved for the devil and his demons. So if it's reserved, they ain't there yet. The devil's knocking on your door. The devil's eating Fruit Loops with you every morning. Pop-Tart, strawberry, preferably. PB&J, creamy, preferably. Just saying. Krispy Kreme on the side, you know what I'm saying? Anyway. That, the devil's roaring as a roaring lion, the Bible says, around the earth. He's not in hell. Him and his demons are here on earth trying to distract you, to defeat you, and trying most of all to get you and I to give up. Give up. Give up on God. Give up on that marriage. Give up because there is no hope. See, that's the very reason when you feel like giving up the most. It's because you have a spiritual enemy trying to talk you out of God's promises. If he can get you to doubt the promises of God, then he has you on your way to quitting and giving up. You have to remember this, that in life, the most meaningful times generally follow the most difficult trials. The most meaningful times in my life generally follow, generally follow the most difficult trials that I've faced. A few points today is this. See, your enemy will give you a million reasons to quit on what matters most. Your enemy will give you a million reasons to quit on what matters most. It may be God. It may be on a dream. It may be on schooling. It may be on your church family. It may be on your marriage. He's going to give you a million reasons to throw in the towel, but all you need is one good reason to stay. All you need is one good, someone say one. All you need is one good reason to stay. These thoughts will introduce our song today. It's called A Million Reasons. 
We're going to see a video here in just a second led by Nate King, one of our worship leaders here, stands to my left, and he too found himself in a moment where he wanted to give up in life. A few years back, he was raised in church all his life, but he realized that his faith wasn't his own. So he had this moment of doubt, this moment of unbelief, and he was confused in his faith, but then God came in and gave him one good reason to stay, and he found that reason in the person of Jesus Christ. Check this out. You're giving me a million reasons to let you go. You're giving me a million reasons to quit the show. You're giving me a million reasons. Give me a million reasons. Giving me a million reasons. If I had a highway, I would run for the hills. If you could find a driveway, I'd forever be still. You're giving me a million reasons. Give me a million reasons. Giving me a million reasons. When I bow down to pray, to try to make the worst seem better, Lord, show me the way to cut through all this worn out leather. I've got a hundred million reasons to walk away, baby, I just need one good one to stay. Stuck in a cycle, I took off and I stare. It's like that I've stopped breathing, but completely aware. You're giving me a million reasons, give me a million reasons, giving me a million reasons. And if you're saying something that you might even mean, it's hard enough to fathom which parts I should believe. You're giving me a million reasons, give me a million reasons, giving me a million reasons. When I Baby, I just need one good one. 
Come on. Hit your neighbor and say, baby, I just need one good one. If you're single, you may be ready to mingle. That may be your cue right there. Grab that in numbers. You only need one good reason to stay. For those of you in here who feel like giving up, feel like quitting, for those of you who hear the voice of the enemy and tell you it's over, it's time for you to give up, I want to show you some powerful words of our Savior who also found himself in a moment where he wanted to quit. Can you believe that? Jesus wanted to give up. Jesus wanted to quit. Yeah, right before the cross. You remember that story? Yeah, it's kind of important to our faith. Right before the cross, Jesus was experiencing these thoughts. Thoughts that maybe you've never seen in the Bible. Thoughts of him doubting even his heavenly father. Thoughts of him saying, listen, I, 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 I'm not sure if I can go through this. I'm not sure if I can make it through this. I'm not sure. And, and, and we find those thoughts in John chapter 12 and verse 23 and 27. And Jesus replied and the Bible says that he said that the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Jesus said in verse 27 now, now my soul is troubled and what shall I say? I don't even know what to say. My soul is vexed. My soul is, 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 is being torn. What, what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? He's asking a question. He answers his own question because that's what Jesus do. He answers his own question. No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Jesus asked the question, should I pray to my father to save me from this? Should, should I pray to him? Because how many of you know that Jesus had a million reasons why he didn't or shouldn't go to the cross? Didn't have to go to the cross or he shouldn't have to go to the cross? He had a million reasons. He knew the pain that awaited him. He knew the agony, the suffering. He knew that he would be whipped and spit upon. The crown of thorns would be crushed through his head. He knew that he would be mocked. He knew that he would be stripped naked. He knew that he would become sin and there would be this separation from him and the Father for the very first time in all of eternity. Jesus had a million reasons to walk away from the cross. But he had one good reason <laughs> to stay. He had one good reason. That one good reason is who you see in the mirror every day. That one good reason is, is you. Someone say, it's me. The reason Jesus stayed in spite of having a million reasons to walk away is because of those who were sick, those who were sinners, those who were bound. He didn't die for the righteous. He didn't die for the holy. He didn't die for the healthy. He died for those who had a disease called sin. He said, I'll go to the cross. That's my one good reason to go to the cross for you. He knew in 2017 you would need the cross. He knew that you would need the blood applied to your life because you would say some things out of your mouth this week that were not right. You would think some thoughts that were not right and there would be some actions that were not right. So he said, they're the one good reason 
for me to go through this pain and this agony, for me to be separated from my heavenly father. They are the reason he came for you and I. If you've ever felt shame and guilt because of your sin, he came for you. If you've made a mess of your life, he came for you. If you keep falling, he came for you to pick you back up. He had one good reason, and that was you. Amazing what you can endure when you have a good reason to stay. It's amazing what some of you have endured in your marriage, at your job, with your family, because you had one good reason, and that's all you needed to have to stay. One good reason. It's amazing how God will put his grace and his peace and his strength upon you to endure for the one good reason. Hmm? I often ask myself why some of you partake in an activity called CrossFit. Um, insanity or any other form of workout that causes your body to feel like you're dying. Um, abs are cool, but have you tried donuts? Anyway, I didn't coin it, but I used it. But, but I understand this thought behind it. Let's destroy my body for 45 minutes to an hour because later on I'm going to be thankful for that workout. I'm going to feel good about myself mentally, physically, right? I get it. I've worked out. It's been a year and a half, but pray for me. And I know the feeling. I know the feeling. Now I just show up every first Monday. It's pizza day next door. Planet Fitness, praise God, worth 10 bucks a month. That's all. I've been paying 10 bucks a month for two years to go eat pizza once a month. It's a shame, man. It's a shame. Can't believe I'm still paying it. Why don't I walk over there and not? It's crazy, right? The stuff we do, right? Oh, why are you looking at me like you ain't never done it? Come on. Some of you got shoes and clothes that show up every month because you pay a fee, $45, $50. Some of you got Amazon Prime that shows up every other five minutes at your house. Don't look at me all crooked-eyed. And I understand that what's on the other side of that. Some of you, I get it. You want to get out of debt, so you're disciplined. You're not eating out. You're not buying certain things that you used to buy. You're not going to Speedway and buying 99-cent Cokes every other day. You're not going to Starbucks and buying a $5 coffee. Why? Because you know the payoff. The reward is going to be greater. I'm going to be out of debt. I'm going to be out of debt. I've been in debt, and I've been out of debt, and I want to be out of debt. And so, so I get it why you go through that. I, I get why some of you have stayed in your marriage, even though it's been hard and it's been challenging. I, I get it. I get it because God is doing a work inside of you and in your spouse. And the reason God, there's a reason God puts you together. I get why you don't give up on your wayward children that fall away from God and make a mess of their lives. I get it. I get it because they're your kids. And when they're your kids, they're your kids. Right or wrong, they're your kids. And you love your kids through it all. I, I, I get it. And, and maybe you just need one good reason to keep going today. Maybe you just need one good reason to not quit. Maybe you're listening to this podcast and you say, man, I, I don't have a reason. Yes, you do. 
Yes, you do. You, you will find a reason to keep going. God will show it to you by the time this message is over. Question is, how did Jesus keep going? How did he keep going knowing that the cross awaited him? He had thoughts of quitting. He's asking himself, should I just call on God? Should, you know, the Bible says we, we know he could have called him to 10,000 angels, right? To, to bring him off that cross. But he had one good reason. How did he keep going? Well, our answer is found in the word of God in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 and 3. Look at this. For the, for the, for the joy set before him, he did what? The cross, scorning its shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners. Do you have any opposition in your life right now? Everything's good? You guys are all good? Eating strawberry shortcake every night, everything's good. Do you have any opposition in your life right now? Raise both hands if you say, yep, got some. I got both hands up. It says, it says he endured such opposition from sinners. Endure, consider him who endured this opposition so, you, so that, why? So you will not grow weary and lose heart. Consider Jesus, consider Jesus who went through the pain, who wanted to quit, who wanted to give up. Consider him when you face opposition. Consider him so that you will not grow weary, so that you will not quit in the middle of lap six. In the middle of lap six, the devil would love for you to throw in the towel. If I can get the pain to crush them, if I can get the thoughts to bring them down, even though they have no clue, they're a lap and a half away from the promises of God. They have no clue, they're a lap and a half away from the victory in their finances, the victory in their marriage. If I can seed them with thoughts of doubt and unbelief, if I could seed them with my greatest trick in my trick bag, and that's a spirit of giving up. Spirit of giving up. A spirit of of giving up. For the joy, someone say the joy, joy. set before him. <laughs> Something was set before him. Something was set before him. Someone was set before him. Someone was set before him. He's seen someone before him. He's seen someone before him and he looked out and he said, that's the joy. That's the joy I need to go around six times and not throw in the towel. That's the joy. You're the joy that he's seen. You're the joy. Oh, why would, why would Jesus find joy in me? He finds joy in you. Even on your worst day, he finds joy in you. Even when you're down, even when you make the same mistakes, Jesus finds joy in you. So much joy that he said, I'll go to the cross. I'll endure the cross. I'm not quitting. I got one good reason to stay on this cross. And it was you. 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 And it was you listening right now. You were the one good reason for him to stay. The Bible says that he would 
lead the 99 to go after you. The one. The one. That's the Bible. Jesus, the great shepherd, would lead 99 sheep. Hey, y'all stay right here. I got to go after the one who wandered off. Oh, my God. I thank Jesus that he comes after me when I wander off in life. When I make my own decisions, when I go down my own path, when I make my own path that I know is not right, I thank God Jesus follows me when I'm not following him. I'm about to get excited in here. I'm out of time, but I got to finish this thing. Friday night, can you imagine the disciples? Can you imagine their one thought was, the Messiah, he, he, he's dead. There's no hope. Everything we prepared for, uh, the message that we sent out all over the earth, Friday night, he's crucified and he dies and their hope had vanished. Can you imagine Saturday morning, they're panicking. Is this real? They wake up. Is this really real? Did I dream this? Is our Savior really dead? Saturday afternoon, they're empty. They have this hollow feeling inside of them. Reality's starting to sink in. Saturday evening, they say, man, it's over. Where are we going to go? Who are we going to follow? The message that we declared, people are going to come after us now because we told them he was the Messiah. He was the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. Saturday evening was rough, but something happened on Sunday morning. Something happened on Sunday morning. I said something happened on Sunday morning. It's amazing how your world can change when God's involved. One morning you can wake up and your world can change for the good. One morning you can wake up and you can find your one good reason, your purpose for life, your purpose for being created and put on this earth. And Sunday morning they woke up and the stone was rolled away. Jesus wasn't there. Jesus had defeated death, hell, and the grave. The penalty for our sins had been paid in full. Jesus destroyed the works of darkness. And he went down to hell and he grabbed the keys from the devil and said, thank you very much. I'll take those keys. No more entrance for you into my kids. Sunday morning, everything changed. For the disciples and for us as well, today the most meaningful times will follow the most difficult trials. I don't know where you're at right now. God does. I don't know what pain is causing you to think, I got one, two, yeah, I got a million reasons to give up right now. I got a million reasons just to not just give up on God. I got a million reasons to stop coming to church. I got a million reasons to leave my family. Sir, you may have a million reasons, and she may be pretty and winking and blinking at the factory, but you got one good reason to stay. You got one good reason to say, stay. You better cut off that emotional affair. That's not in my notes, but that's for somebody. You better cut it off. You got one good reason to stay. The most meaningful times follow the most difficult times. I, my encouragement, my vitamin E for you today is hold on. Don't quit. Don't give up. Even if you haven't seen the answer or the promise, keep 
taking the laps around your Jericho. You're about to come on your seventh lap when you step out of the natural and you step into the number of perfection, the number of God, and you're about to get the victory in your life. Don't you dare throw in the towel and give up. When, 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 when the thoughts come, when the thoughts come to give up this week, next week, next month, next year, I want you to remember this. Come on, guys. I want you to remember this, that it takes a death to have a resurrection. It takes pain to have progress. It takes a trial to have a testimony. It takes hurt to have a healing. And it takes a struggle to have a story worth telling. I want you to remember those words. The next time the enemy whispers in your head, oh, there's so many reasons. I want you to remember the next time the enemy says, no one will even know you're not here. For somebody who's struggling with suicide thoughts, I want you to remember that you have one good reason to stay. I want you to remember that your Savior for the joy set before him saw you as the one good reason. And that, my friend, is enough. That's enough for you to endure the pain, the trial that you're going through right now. That someone thought of you. That they said, I'll take your place on the cross. It was your sin. It was my sin that was nailed to that cross. He did it for you and I. That's the one good reason we have. That if God never does one more thing in my life, it's enough to serve him for the rest of my life and all into eternity. One good reason. One good reason. He paid the penalty for Jacob's sins. He went to the cross and I was the joy that was set before him. Sometimes in life you have to endure the worst to experience the best. It's not fun. No one talks about that. Sometimes you have to endure the worst to experience the best. The devil will give you a million reasons to walk away, but you just need one good reason to stay. Stand with me today. Hey, thanks for listening today. And maybe you're out there and maybe you feel far from God today. Maybe life has thrown you a curveball. You've taken some wrong turns. You've messed up. I'm here to tell you about God's love for your life. You know, it's real and it's for you. And and no matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, God is there. His love is unconditional. And, And the Bible says that if you just confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you're saved. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer, and I just believe that if you say this prayer and mean it with your heart, the Bible says you're saved, and I want to encourage you to tell somebody about this decision, but just wherever you're at, just say, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins, come into my life, change me, in Jesus' name. It's simple as that, and I encourage you to find a good local church. If if you can get to Fuel Church, get here. God is moving. God is doing some great things the lives and families of the people that come here, but find a good church where you can grow in God. Until next time, God bless you. Have a great week.